Lee, back in episode nine, I give you three recommendations. Let's talk about what you've read. <laughs> you need to give me a question <laughs> Hey, everyone. I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, episode 22. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader. What should I read next? We don't get bossy on this show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. We have 21 episodes under our belt now. In 20 of those, we've done a little literary matchmaking. A guest has told me three books they love, one book they hate, and what they're reading right now. We have some book talk, and then I sent them on their way with three personalized recommendations for what they should read next. And that was that. I heard updates in my inbox or by text or on social media sometimes, but I haven't shared any of those with you. Until today. I have six guests from the first 10 episodes of the show here in this episode to report on what happened after they left the show. They share what they read, what they thought, and in some cases, what titles they're still resisting and why. Speaking of feedback, today I need some feedback from you, dear readers. You know that we have great advertisers that support the show and keep it free. One of the reasons why advertisers love What Should I Read Next is that they know this show has amazing listeners. Right now, we have a quick survey that I'd love for you to take to help us learn more about our audience. Just go to podsurvey.com slash read next. The survey will only take five minutes. It asks some questions about yourself and your buying habits, and it's completely anonymous. Your answers help us find advertisers that are well-matched to you, your interests, and the show. When you're finished, you can enter a monthly drawing to win a $100 Amazon gift card, which is enough to buy a lot of books. Even if you've taken a podcast listener survey before, please go ahead and take ours and help support the show. Don't forget that you have a chance to win that gift card. Once again, that's podsurvey.com slash read next. Thanks for helping us find the best advertisers so that we can keep the show free. Let's get to it. Jamie Golden was our first guest in episode one, and I was so excited to kick the show off with her. She is a delight and a treasure, and if you love her style here, you need to go check out her own pop culture podcast, The Popcast, that she does with Knox McCoy. It is such good fun. So you can get a feel for Jamie. Here she is talking about what she loves in a book, and it maybe isn't the same thing as you. And I like any book that makes me feel something viscerally. So Mm -hmm. if it's anger or relief or sadness. I love, I mean, you could not, to me, I, you can't spend a better night than fetal position on a rug listening to like Ray LaMontagne and the feeling all the feels. And so that's why I love that book so much. Excellent. Now here's Jamie back again, talking about her three books and what she thought about them. I'm Jamie Golden. I was on episode one of What Should I Read Next, which was a huge honor because Anne has always been my book whisperer. So to be able to have kind of a one-on-one therapy session, literary therapy session, was an honor. And so I gave her my favorite books, my most hated book, and she gave me some recommendations, which I have since read all three. The first one was Man in the High Castle by Philip Dick. It, I love the Amazon series, but I had actually not read the book. I have since done so. It's one of those great novels that combines character development and action and then also gives you these kind of great philosophies that you can kind of wrap your brain around and think about all day long and kind of wonder and ponder. It's set in – it's an alternate universe if uh, Germany and Japan had won World War II and what does the United States look like 
in that uh, circumstance. It was written in the 60s. Fantastic novel. The second book she recommended was Bel Canto, which is by Anne Patchett. It is uh, set in the Japanese embassy in Peru, and uh, terrorists take hostages at an opera event. And you kind of get this weird balance of fast action and brutality, also with kind of these long periods of just character development and kind of just things happening that are kind of very nonchalant. And I love the balance that you got lots of interesting characters and these relationships between terrorists and hostages, but you also got this kind of fun, intense action. Fun? Is fun the right word for terrorism? I don't think it is. Okay. The third book that she recommended was The Man Called Ove by Frederick Bachman. Here's the deal. At first, when I read this description, it's about a grumpy old man. I'm like, deuces, I'm out. I don't want to read this. But... I did. I committed to the process and I read this book and you guys, uh, grumpy old man, grumpy for a reason, which I really believe most people who are grumpy have a backstory that's probably pretty fascinating and really kind of helps us understand them. And that is exactly what this book does. We got to unpack his life through the eyes of these neighbors who move in and these girls. And it's really just really charming. And I feel like because I read it, I'm a gentler person and I'm I'm just going to have a lot more patience for those crazy people in the line behind you at Target who are poking you with their buggy. So I'm very excited. So for the record, Anne is three for three yet again. So her role as book whisperer in my life uh, remains true and steadfast. I am so thankful for the recommendations and thankful that I got this firsthand experience on what should I read next? In episode two, I talked with Sarah Kornack. She's an accountant. She used to be with Brilliant Business Moms, and here she is talking about her favorites. Okay, not to sound predictable, but I do love Jane Austen, although I tend to rewatch the movies more than I tend to reread the books, but I do love Jane Austen. I've read all of the Inspector Gamache series, which I really love those mystery series. They're fantastic. And I recently, just in the last few months, discovered Jojo Moyes, and I'm absolutely loving her books. Now, more recently, here's Sarah again, filling us in on what happened when she headed to the library after she was on the show. Hi, Anne. It's Sarah Kornack here with an update on your book recommendations that you gave me when you had me on the podcast. The first recommendation was Kristen Hanna, The Nightingale. And I did look for the book at my library, but it was out. It was checked out at the time. So I haven't gotten to that one yet. I did pick up another Kristen Hanna book while I was there, which I think was an early one of hers. And it was okay, but I will definitely get back to The Nightingale. It sounds really good. I love historical fiction, so... I will be checking back with my library to see when they have it back on the shelf. We also talked about Brené Brown, and I did read a Brené Brown book after we talked. I started with The Gifts of Imperfection. It was a little slow at the start, but about halfway through, I thought it really picked up, and I came away with some really good nuggets from especially the second half of her book. And I wanted to start kind of with her early stuff because I know some of her later books kind of build upon each other. So I started with The Gifts of Imperfection, but I will definitely move on to Daring Greatly after reading that first book of hers. 
The last recommendation you gave me was The Cuckoo's Calling by Robert Galbraith, otherwise known as J.K. Rowling. And that was the one that I was, I told you during the podcast interview that it would take me the longest to get to. I don't know why I was just not as interested in that one. However, it appeared as a recommendation to me in Audible. I listen to audiobooks all the time. And that appeared as a recommendation. And the stars that that book had been given, the the rating was really good. So I went ahead and bought The Cuckoo's Calling. And I have to tell you, I was so surprised at how much I enjoyed that book. I really liked the characters, the storyline. It's really long. It's like 15 hours, 17 hours in the audio version, but the audio version was really well done. The actor did a great job with all the voices. I love books set in England, and the storyline was great, kept you guessing, but with it being so long, it also kept flowing really well, too, so it was really great. I really enjoyed it, and I went ahead and bought, went through the second book of of hers, which I also really enjoyed, I think that was The Silkworm. And then I'm on the third book now, actually, right in the middle of the audiobook of, I forget what it's called, Career of Evil. Yeah, I think that's it. This one's a little bit grosser than the other ones, but I'm still enjoying it. It's definitely a little bit more more violent than, than the other ones, but It's still a really good, enthralling, engaging book and still loving the characters a lot. So I'm sure if she comes out with a fourth book, I'm sure I will listen to that one as well. So I think that's it. Those were your recommendations. And I've gotten to two out of three and I've I've enjoyed them. So I am sure I will enjoy The Nightingale as well. Thank you so much for letting me give you my update and for having me on the podcast in the first place. Take care. Bye. Next up was Deidre Riggs. I love talking with Deidre in episode five about her idyllic childhood reading experiences, how she got in trouble with her local library. But my favorite part of that episode might have been was when Tina Fey made her sing. Here she is. I love Tina Fey. Um, And... I don't usually read books like this, though. You know, I just I don't I don't know. I just don't usually read books by celebrities or about celebrities. Um, But I like Tina Fey. And so I picked up this book in an airport. I was traveling from home to Texas one day Mm -hmm. and I had to I had a little bit of a layover in Denver. So I knew I needed, you know, something to occupy my time. So I picked up this book again, could not put it down and laughed out loud like in the um, terminal, people around me, I didn't care. I was (laughs) laughing. And on the airplane, I was laughing out loud. I was traveling by myself, didn't know a soul on the airplane, but could not stop laughing. It's just so funny. And to read something that makes me laugh out loud and not be inhibited about that laughter, (laughs) I don't know. It just, I knew that she had done something. And here's Deidre back again to give us an update on what she's reading now. Hey, Anne, this is Deidre. I'm getting in touch with you to follow up on my book therapy session that I had with you on your podcast. What should I read next? And you recommended three great books to me. You recommended A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, 
and then Life in Motion, which is about Misty Copeland, and then The Invention of Wings. And I now have all three of those books in my possession. Um, Right now, I'm reading A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and I am about halfway through it, and I love it. Oh, my gosh, what a great recommendation. Um, And let me just tell you, I got the book, and I'm going to tell you how I got all three of these books, because I think it's pretty fun to hear that story too. Um, I got A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. I bought that in the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport. Um, A couple weeks ago, I was traveling for a speaking engagement and I got this book on my way home. I knew I had like a three-hour layover in Minneapolis. And so it's the same way I got um, Tina Fey's Bossy Pants, which ended up to be such a great read for me. So I went into the airport bookstore and I was really surprised to find the book in the classic section. Um, That was pretty cool. So anyway, I bought A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and that particular store had The Invention of Wings as their, like, featured book. It was everywhere. It was on the, um, at the cash register. It was on the displays. It was on the end caps. It was just everywhere. And so it was kind of like saying to me, you need me, you need me. But for some reason, I just didn't get it there. I was drawn more to A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. I picked that up and I've been reading it slowly um, ever since. So it's been like my um, respite from the book that I'm writing, which is very different from this story about Francie and her brother and her dad and her mom living in um, New York City. And what I have available to me now that I didn't have when I read the book for the first time, of course, is Google. So I've been able to Google um, like tenements and air shafts and different parts of Brooklyn and New York City and just, um, you know, cultural references that she makes uh, to that time in American history. And even, um, you know, reaching back to her ancestry. Um, So it's been really, really fun to be able to uh, Google and and see some images and learn more, you know, read some articles about what it was like to live in the tenements and, and some of the regulations that came about as a result of people, um, you know, kind of rising up and voicing their opinion about what life was like living in under those conditions and working in sweatshops and um, and then having that backdrop to reading this book written by this young girl who's just living life and loving her family and, you know, trying not to get beat up by the kids at school and trying to learn um, and saving money and learning how to make money. Um, and the stories of her, you know, extended family, her aunt and just that how people have how people talk about her aunt and how that reflects on their family or the perception of how it reflects on them um, is really, really fascinating to me this time around. So thank you so much for that recommendation. And then I got, um, I ordered Life in Motion on Amazon as a used book, Um, just, you know, and and it came to me, it's, you know, a well-worn book, which I like. Um, And I haven't gotten a chance to start reading that yet. Um, But I finally, last weekend, my husband and I went downtown here in Lincoln, and I went for the very first time 
to a bookstore called the, A Novel Idea, and it's a used bookstore. So it is a treasure trove in the heart of our downtown community. And I kept telling the lady, I don't know why I've never been in here before. I can't imagine. They had um, at the front counter, they had a basket full of books wrapped in brown paper and tied with twine and just little clues about what the book was. And that was called, it was um, kind of like what you do. It was a, a date with a book, I think it was called. And so you could purchase a book, not knowing the title of it, just having the clues on the outside of the book. Um, and you could buy that book for $6 and, <laughs> and you'd have this blind date with a book, which was pretty cool. It reminded me a lot of you. And so I picked up and in uh, Invention of Wings in that bookstore. And that's just been a week ago. And so I'm pretty, I think I'll probably finish uh, Tree Grows in Brooklyn over the next two weeks. And then I will begin um, one of those other two books. I'm not sure which one yet because they both speak to me. I pulled um, Life in Motion off the shelf the other day and thought maybe this is the next one. But then I passed by Invention of Wings and I thought maybe this is it. So we'll see. I'll keep you posted. But thank you so much for the recommendation. I'm really, really enjoying this story of Francie and her brother and their community um, and her extended family and having Google to help me along the way this time. All right. Peace to you. Next up is Oshita Moore. Oshita is one of the handful of guests that came on the podcast with a specific goal. She wanted to find more titles for her Brown Girls Reading bookshelf. Here she is describing that to me. I want to read, um, like I said, I, I'm doing this thing. Um, I have a reading challenge for myself this year is I want to read more books written by African-American women or have African-American protagonists women. And now here's Oshita back again, talking about her own experience with the podcast and the book she loved the most. Hey, Anne. I so enjoyed my time on the podcast, and I really appreciated the three book suggestions that you gave me to help me explore reading more books written by African-American authors this year. Um, of the three that you, you suggested to me, my favorite was The Light of the World, written by Elizabeth Alexander. Um, I loved it so much that I chose it to be the first book that I discussed on my podcast, Shalom in the City, for our Shalom Book Club. I loved so much about this book, but my favorite thing about it is that even though the content of it is is pretty sad, um, you know, it's it's exploring the grief that Alexander experienced after the loss of her one true love and her husband, Fikre. Even though that initially made me a little nervous and I wasn't quite sure that I would enjoy it, the book itself, the way she tells their story, the way she walks us through her grieving process and eventually her healing process is so joyful, it's so beautiful, it's engaging, um, it's inspiring. And so, yeah, you were so spot on with that. Thank you so much for that suggestion. Um, I loved it so much that I actually have it in two forms. I have it um, in hardcover and I use an audible credit for it because Alexander actually reads it and that just makes it so much better. Um, so yeah, thanks for suggesting the light of the world. I have love of this love is a drug on my bookshelf. I'm saving, saving that for the summer to read by the pool and I'm still working up the courage to read how it went down. But thanks so much for having me on your show. It was a blast and keep up the good work. 
Next, we have Preston Yancey. We had a great conversation, and my absolute favorite part and one of my favorite moments in the whole podcast so far is Preston here describing what he thought a young adult novel should be like. I know you're going to ask, so the novel that inspired his thoughts here was Jandy Nelson's I'll Give You the Sun. Here he is. Oh, it was so good, but it was also like all the things that a young adult novel should be. Which, which is? High gloss, a little trashy, all the <laughs> colors are super saturated. Um, you know, it's, it's pop art in a way. Uh-huh. And it's got real stuff, and yet the emotional heights are all the stakes, everything. Everything is life and death. There is an actual life and death moment in it. Like, it's all, all up there. Um, but I loved it uh-huh. for that. Now, here's Preston back again, talking about what he read and how his life has dramatically improved after he was on the show. Hello, Ann Bogle. Um, Since being on the What Should I Read Next podcast, my hair is shinier. I have found my nail beds to be exceptional. Um, I've stopped pausing awkwardly in the middle of sentences to figure out what I should say next because I always know that I can supplement it with what I should read next. And my jokes have never been more on point. You gave me Cutting for Stone, uh, The Knockoff, and The Age, nope, Rules of Civility. I always want to call it The Age of Civility because it makes me think of The Age of Innocence by Edith Wharton, which is someone we talked about. So, let's see, Cutting for Stone, I've read probably about 20 pages of it, and I love it. It's fantastic. It's very epic and sweeping, but I'm going to admit that I can't quite get into it yet. It's going to be a summer read, not a light summer read, but a really nice settling in summer kind of read. Uh, But I can tell already why you chose it. It's beautiful. The prose is just saturated. Uh, I immediately read The Knockoff. Um, And by read, I mean I listened to on Audible, which was a delight. The Knockoff fits into every single category of chiclet that I had hoped for. Um, The narration, though, probably made it the best. The Audible narrator does not know whether or not she is British or she is um, in hysterics at all times. So she will frequently start yelling in the middle of her narration for reasons that are completely unclear. Uh, for anyone who has not read the book, this, this might sound really ridiculous, and I'm not giving away any spoilers here, but there is a um, Instagram account or commenter who identifies herself or himself as Candy Cool. And uh, the way the narrator of the audible version of the knockoff decides to narrate it is by frequently shouting out, Candy Cool! Uh, And then she narrates the millennial voice by always talking like this, even, even when she's neither yelling nor asking a question, but like saying common things like, would you bring me a copy of this? Um, so it was amazing. It was a treat for the ears and the mind. The other book was Rules of Civility, which is fast becoming my favorite book of 2016. 
um, and probably my favorite book in the past couple of years. I hands down love this book so much. I think that the nuance of it and the real, um, so the, you recommended this book because of my like of Edith Wharton and what stood out to me was that in Edith Wharton's novels, there's a lot of toying with convention and there's a lot of really giving her female characters permission in a society that had difficulty doing this to be fiercely themselves and as feminist as they could be in the context they were in. But something that is also in some ways troubling about her work is that there's always that wall that they come to where either because of her publisher or Wharton's own sensibilities, they can't fully go beyond the confines of their status or the confines of what is considered the feminism du jour of the day, which is less to do with the personhood of a woman and more to do with the fact that she has an independent thought. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't, I think that might be overly simplistic, but that is the vibe I think you get out of books like Age of Innocence and House of Mirth. What I like so much about Rules of Civility is it's written now, so there is a, a modern appreciation for the complexities of womanhood in society, while at the same time acknowledging its limitations and its struggles, so it feels at once historical but also deeply satisfying as it's possible to overcome some of these things. It's not possible to overcome all of them, but there's more internal monologue about that struggle. There's more awareness that doesn't feel anachronistic, but also feels satisfying. I think that's what I'm getting at. There's a satisfying way in which you're not shaking these women and saying like, why can't you just X or think about X? You, you actually do think, okay, I believe that these are thoughts that they would have had while at the same time acknowledging some of the hardships of the conventions that surround them, while at the same time really introducing the fact that in the 30s and 40s, money and the mobility of money really was changing the scene of what it meant to be a woman and what it meant to be a woman of status, uh, what it could afford you, literally. Um, and it's just gorgeously written. And it's written, I, I, I think the thing that I love the most about it is a lot of historical novels will sometimes shy away from certain dialogue or certain inflection because it sounds too cheesy and too overdone or it's too difficult to get just right. But the tone of the book is so deliciously Gatsby while actually having a plot worth reading. There I said it. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's easily, as I said, one of my favorite books I've read in quite a long while. And I am so grateful to have been on the podcast because my life has never been better. Our last guest we're checking in with is Lee Kramer. I talked to Lee back in episode nine, and this was a fun one because she loved a book I absolutely hated. And we got to talk about how bookworm problems are a real thing. Here she is back then talking about her book nerd origin story. As soon as I could read on my own, it was a natural progression to just tear through as many books as I could. <laughs> and I learned how to speed read in third grade. And I think that, uh, unleashed a monster, <laughs> a monster that consumes books. <laughs> and now here's Lee more recently. This next bit is a little bit different from the previous ones. Lee and I were together at a conference last month and we got to chat in person about what she read and what she didn't read after she was on the show. Here she is. 
Lee, back in episode nine, I gave you three recommendations. They were Ready Player One, Tell Me Three Things, and Still Life. Which one did you read first? I read Still Still Life, and I absolutely loved it. I'm so glad that I finally read this series that I've been meaning to read for a long time. So you gave me, uh, I guess, a kick in the pants to actually do it. Woohoo! I'm happy to hear it. Have you read any of the other books? Yes, I read Tell Me Three Things, and I like sw- I'm swooning with love over it. It was probably the most perfect recommendation that it could be. I I just enjoyed it so much, and I can't even tell you all the reasons why. Because it was just it was fun, but it was also nuanced. It was one of the best depictions of teenage grief that I've ever come across. And I say that as someone that used to do child and teen bereavement. So I'm kind of an expert in that sense. But it was like, it was sad in places. It was sweet in places and just really well written. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I love that one. And it makes me so happy that it was the perfect book for you. Now tell me about Ready Player One. I have not read that one. I got a lot of peer pressure after the episode came out to read it. People just raving about it. I've also heard about it from people that did not listen to the podcast and have brought it up to me as a recommendation. And I feel like the more people that tell me to read it, the more resistance I have. Um, So it might be a book that I will read in five years from now when all of the popularity has died down and no one will give me any flack about it anymore. So it's bringing out your stubborn side? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for the update. It was great talking with you then and now. Great to talk to you too. Thanks for having me on. You may have noticed that these guests were all from the first 10 episodes. Readers, I promise I won't make you wait four months for the next one. We'll have these episodes a little more regularly from now on. Readers, the fun's not over. Next week, we have another great episode for you. Much like Oshita did back in episode seven, next week's guest came to me with a special request. She wanted help choosing books to take on her honeymoon next month. And that's exactly what we did. That's coming next Tuesday. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. As Reiner Maria Rilke says, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone.